That's where we, uh, where creativity. What podcast chair? What's the name of this podcast? <laughs> we can, we, <laughs> we can, <laughs> you know, the beauty of this, we could start whenever we want. <laughs> Welcome to the Create Invent podcast, where we interview all kinds of interesting people and sometimes talk about our own projects, depending on what's going on. Today, we have somebody very interesting. We actually had him on episode 10 a long ago, about too many years ago, and um, I actually got to see him at, at Maker Faire. We have, uh, his, he goes by Proto-G on YouTube, so you might know him from that, but he's also Anthony Garofalo in, in the real life. Saw him, met him for the first time at Maker Faire this year, Maker Faire Orlando. He was representing a space program, Blue Origin Space. So anyway, Anthony, how are how are you doing today? I'm um, great. Uh, just got off work uh, a couple days ago. Uh, as you probably know, the SLS Artemis 1, uh, you know, the rocket went off. I mean, it was, it was amazing. I'm still like kind of in shock. Like I saw it from the BAB building which is as close as you could possibly get. Like I was with a group of engineers and we were, we were in the parking lot and we just, we kept like edging closer and closer until the cops told us to like, you know, you guys got to back up like a hundred yards. So we basically got to where there's a line on the map. There's a circumference around the, the launch where people aren't allowed in that bubble. And I was on the bubble. So nice. it was oh, just wow. unbelievable. It was unbelievable. Like, uh, a lot of my coworkers watched it from Blue Origin uh, at Kennedy Space Center, so I can see the BAB building from my office at work. Wow! Uh, like, yeah, it's amazing. A like, lot of people would be very jealous. The BAB, of you. just to just to define that, what what does that stand for? Okay, so the VAB, uh, I've actually kind of uh, this is something I try not to do, but I do. I I call it the VAB building, but it's really okay. the VAB because it stands for Vehicle Assembly Building. So calling it the VAB building is like the building building, you know? Right, <laughs> right. Does it have an ATM machine? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I feel like the same thing every time I say VAB building. But it's the VAB, and um, it, it's basically like a giant garage. <laughs> if you look at the two uh, doors on the side of it, uh, those okay. those come yeah, up. Okay. The, rocket, the rocket comes out, it gets, it gets put on the crawler, and it, the, it crawls all the way to the launch pad well, that's that's so, so cool so you were actually there you, did you so you were close enough you could obviously hear it you could probably yeah. feel it i would i'd yeah. have to imagine and could you actually feel the heat off the rockets were you close enough that no um, i didn't feel any heat um but you could definitely feel the sound um it, it's 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 crazy like i could see the mission control windows from where i was standing so i was actually closer than the people in the mission control uh room which is, is just it's so crazy yeah, and you didn't have and any glass the box, in the way from there exactly really. and the press box the press box was actually behind me so that's where all the local news stations because uh, to get where i was you have to have government access or uh, a media pass through nasa so mm. uh, but i i have a blue origin badge as well as a department of defense badge so that gets me on the space force base as well as facilities oh that's, that's NASA, awesome so. i uh you know what? I, I hadn't really thought about that angle, but I should I should like apply for a press pass through uh, NASA. They'd probably uh, they'd probably I think say you're no. onto something. I think you're onto something. You might actually, you know, you, you know, uh, you gotta dress for the job you want. You just show up, and be like, I am the leader of Cook. media. <laughs> yeah, I'm, don't I'm, you know I'm, who I am? <laughs> I'm president of uh, JC Consulting LLC, which exactly. is true. It's a one man corporation, or yeah. Yeah, I know who you are, Jeremy. <laughs> But well, that's, man, that's, I, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I, I'm still, like I said, uh, it was at 2 a.m. 
roughly. I think it was 140 something. But uh, I I asked my wife. I was like, hey, you want to go? Because I I had a so there's a for NASA contractor government contractors. There's a like a lottery system, so I can apply to get a ticket to watch any given launch. So I can bring anybody to watch a launch on base, but I have to apply for that ahead of time. And you know, launches get scrubbed so often that it's hard to plan your schedule around something. But it, my recommendation is if you do try to schedule, like to go see a launch, uh, try to pick a week that has three launches in it. Like mm. uh, I think well, a month ago, last month there was. A week it was it was SpaceX ULA SpaceX and I watched all three of them and the super heavy was amazing too like what I what I like about working just in the space industry there's not a sense of competition it's like we're excited you know like we see SpaceX we're like awesome there's a lot less competition than you would think it's more of a like yeah we're doing this together uh, you know we might be uh, working for separate companies but uh, I think everybody's just excited doesn't matter where the rocket came from you know yeah so, no that's that's awesome um you know our managers our managers encourage us hey if there's a spacex launch go ahead clock out you know take go go watch it you know so that's it's just uh i'm grateful to be where i am you know i get to see like it I, like i told myself like if, if i stepped out at 11 p.m and i saw stars i was gonna go because it was kind of cloudy uh in the middle of the day and I've seen enough launches, like cloudy ones kind of ruin it, <laughs> you know, yeah, you, yeah. it's like you, you hear it, but uh, visual is, is really what you're after sure. with, with the sound and everything. But so I stepped out at 11 p.m. and then I looked up in the sky and it was perfect. Like I could see constellations and, and I was like, all right, I'm going. And uh, my wife just said she didn't want to go, which was actually secretly a good thing. Like, I, as much as I wanted my wife to go, it's secretly a good thing she didn't go because I wouldn't be able to take her where I went. I could only right. take her to the designated place that my ticket was assigned to. So I would right. have to go up. She'd have to show her ID. I'd have to show my pass. And then I'd have to pull into a designated spot. But because I have me by myself and I have a government contractor badge, once I'm in base, I can kind of... We won't. I mean, we won't tell her it, that you said any of this. Don't. <laughs> no, worry. I mean, I kind of told her too. I said, you know, you already like. I asked her. I the way I kind of made myself not feel bad about it <laughs> was like, I asked her early in the day, and she said no. So then I got excited about my. You know, I'm just positive regardless of the option. You know, yeah, I just, that's I, a, I try that's to a good. Positive. That's a good attitude. At least, at least Pat yeah. and I are going to say that, right, yeah. Pat? <laughs> you know, you you said you're you're happy about where you are. I, I guess we. I'd love to hear about your process because last time we talked to you, you were basically head of the fabrication operation, right? Uh, is that yeah? Is that accurate yeah, to that's say? That's correct. Yeah, no, I was kind of running an entire company that was. Uh, if you're familiar with Proto Labs, kind of does everything. I mean, sheet metal, machining, 3D printing, um, metal stamping, uh, wire EDM. Uh, if it was metal, I could probably make it. You know, okay. Well, that, plastic, yeah, that's awesome. Maybe. I mean, we, maybe. we've we've seen some of your videos, and you make some incredible stuff, and you have for for quite some time. But it was obvi obvious you had some obvious. It wasn't just your garage. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. But you know, I don't know how much uh, you want to get into what happened there. That's fine. Uh, so yeah, in uh, the 2012 and 2013, I was working at Kennedy Space Center for NASA. I worked at the cryogenic test laboratory. 
And it's really cool because it comes full circle. I was actually working on technology that is implemented in the Artemis program now, oh, like wow. the rocket that went up the other day. So I was working on something called modal propellant gauging. And so um, this is public, so I can talk about it. And, and if you want to look up uh, modal, it's M-O-D-A-L, propellant gauging. So it's, it's kind of funny because they came up with the name because it, MPG, like miles per gallon, modal propellant gauging is actually a way to measure fuel so it had it's related to fuel so they kind of you know nasa likes acronyms uh government oh, yeah. likes acronyms so they named it mpg and so uh that was really cool uh it worked by basically placing sensors all around of a tank uh it doesn't matter what the liquid is inside of it any kind of it could be fuel it could be uh an inert gas or liquid like uh nitrogen or helium uh, regardless, you got a liquid in a bottle. When you get to space, uh, you don't have gravity putting it to the back of the tank anymore. If you have velocity, you have the momentum keeping it in the back. But what happens when you stop? Where does that liquid go? Wherever it wants. You know, that's, a very, so, that's a very good point. I, I had I had never never considered that, but yeah, obviously so that's we, obvious now that you say it. Yeah, once you stop, where does the liquid go? And so if you know uh, about rocket engines. They hate not being fueled. They basically, they will implode if they run out of fuel. Hmm. They will blow up. They just, it's like running a pump dry, but worse. <laughs> okay. uh, so uh, what's, uh, yeah, so that's actually a bad thing. Like if you were to stop a rocket immediately when you got to space, all the fluid, we're sucking, you know, all these rockets are usually sucking like a straw, you know, think of it like a straw at the bottom of a Windex bottle. You know, like if you throw all the fluid to the top of the Windex bottle, you can't get fuel to the rocket engine. So, right. uh, yeah, so some of the things I worked on were how to determine how much fluid was in this tank without wasting it. So before, one way they could measure uh, fluid from a tank was actually just releasing some of it, wasting it, literally wasting it, measuring it. It's like, oh, I, I know how much I have now. But that's wasteful. You know, you're in space. You don't you don't want to sure, waste your fuel like to check it. Schrodinger's uh, Pat probably has a good pun for this. Yeah. What would you... Schrodinger's Schrodinger's? <laughs> I'm doing a bad job, I Jeremy. I don't have a Schrodinger joke. But <laughs> but uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. So you, you can't use a sight gauge like you would on Earth. You know, it doesn't that doesn't do you any good because it's sloshing all over the place. And you can't weigh it like you would on Earth. You can't weigh the tank. You're in space. So how do you measure how much fuel you got? You don't know where it is. And you can't use a laser. You can't use like a capacitive or a resistive uh, hmm. fuel uh, level sensor like you would see in, you know, Arduino gardening projects where you use right. a resistive uh, so, moisture so how, how sensor. Did, how, did yours, how does yours work? How did the one so, use the modal? Yeah, yeah modal propellant. Uh, gauging or MPG, it worked by we would place these sensors. Uh, you're not you're familiar with piezo sensors, right? Sure. Like so, the sound. Yeah, just basic, simple little discs that when you flex them, they produce electricity, or if you give them electricity, they vibrate and produce sound. Like piezo buzzers that you see on some of the, you know, like eight bit music Arduino. Like they they can only make certain frequencies. They can't. It's not like mm. a speaker, but you can use it like a speaker. But the reverse is true, that whatever that, uh, I don't recall off the top of my head, but the, P, the piezo sensors work because there's like a crystal. I think it's quartz based, some kind of crystal that when you when you flex it, it produces electricity. 
So anyway, they took that basic sensor and made a super high-tech version of that that could that had a grid pattern. So imagine you okay. had, you know, 10 piezo sensors by 10 piezo sensors. Now I can kind of get an idea of how right. where I'm flexing and and okay. all, you know, you, you get you get more information out of the sensor that way. So so basically it's taking a grid taking some discrete points on that and then it basically from there it can in, infer how how much fuel it is that that kind of the the idea behind yeah, well, that well so we so we took those sensors right and we strapped those all around the tank and then we took a mechanical transducer transducer which is just the uh, an object that uh created like a like a like a solid knock on the tank and then so we would take that data we would knock the tank in several areas and then read the response all around the tank and we use uh, fast Fourier transformations to correlate that data, and we could actually find a a very accurate correlation between the frequency responses we would get from those vibrations coming back, and you know, listening the sensors listening in, and we could right. get ninety nine percent accuracy on the that's, amount, and you're not wasting anything. So that's very uh, very clever. And so, another reason it comes full circle is that in 2012 I worked on that project. And then the, that project actually flew on some of the earlier Blue Origin New Shepard launches as a experiment. So Blue Origin does more than like, you know, just satellites and other things. You know, there's we have payloads that are for research or, you know, education or, you know, you name it. Even NASA is paying companies like Blue Origin to here. Here's our experiment. We just want to get it to space, you know. So, so you, you did that. You worked at NASA. Now, was that when you were in school, or that was right after you were in school? I, I can't remember. It was like my last two years of school. So, okay. is, uh, so you, you uh, did the, basically you did yeah. an internship with, with them. Is that is that accurate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's okay. a co-op, but it's uh, it's it was five. You know, it's plus forty plus hours a week. You know, okay. there every day and. Uh, yeah, I, I did. I did something similar, but uh, maybe not quite a. Maybe not quite as prestigious, to be honest. We made a, we made thrust bearings, which are which are important uh, for everybody. No, it it was uh yeah it was amazing. I learned so much there, uh, because the, uh, you know, one of the advice I give to like young engineers is is reach out to people that are skilled in something that you want to be skilled in. Yeah. They say hey hey can I can I watch you do what you do? You know, like yeah. people are too afraid to like ask that kind of thing. Maybe it's a pride thing. A lot of engineers don't want to you know, ask for help. We're like, you know, we're smart enough. We can figure it out ourselves, yeah. but you no, know, I, I learned, I learned so much when I was co-oping just, you know, because basically they gave me the run of the machine shop, which was, seems a little dangerous looking back on it, but it was, it was pretty awesome. But, but anyway, you did that when you were in school, but after you got out of school, you went to work for a fa fabricator. Okay. Is that the right? That's not the right. Uh, so it, it's, it's, uh, there's a little more to that. Cause I, I don't think I mentioned it. In the, I didn't re-listen to the last podcast, but I don't know how, uh, if I mentioned so, well, I, 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 I would love for you to go into the whole story, yeah. but I, I don't want to yeah. cross some line there either. If, if we, yeah, no, 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 I get it. I get it. But no, it's, uh, it's fine. It, so in like 2013, uh, I did my second rotation at NASA and then, um, I was kind of at a crossroads. I could continue to go to NASA. I had several letters of recommendations from engineers there. And, and by that point I, you know, met a lot of people and networked or I was in a relationship at the time and I, I, I got, you know, a request to move to South Florida to work for like an anti-shoplifting equipment company. So I actually was originally uh, designing 
sheet metal parts, uh, circuit boards, uh, antennas. So were these for the robots uh, you know, that like uh, attack people when they try to shoplift? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean they're they're you know at Walmart when you walk through and they beep if you steal something, and sometimes yeah. they beep if you don't. It's a cashier forgot to disable a tag or, or something like that. So it was yeah, actually Pat's, really Pat's cool. been the Pat's been on both ends of it, <laughs> both when he's stealing and when he's not. <laughs> So that that was actually a really uh, fun experience because uh, it was a small company, and I think that you, as an engineer, have to wear more hats at a small company, and you learn more and you grow faster. You know, uh, as much as I like NASA, some of my family and friends were like, "What are you doing? Like, where are you going? Like, you're why why are you leaving NASA?" But uh, I I don't regret it, even after like other things that have happened. Uh, it was awesome because. I, I had complete control from start to finish of a product and I designed it, found out who I wanted to get it made by. And, and I got to go to, you know, PCB assembly houses, uh, sheet metal vendors, machine shops. I started developing all these relationships with vendors. And so, yeah, like that kind of experience, you don't get that as an engineer, like right, right. out of college, you know, you right. do eventually, but I got, I got kind of kicked in the deep end, like, Hey, make this thing work by this date go yeah so it was actually fun for me so no, uh, i designed some awesome. it, yeah i did so, antennas so that's, so that's what you did you did that for how many years about five years maybe is that uh yeah yeah and then uh so what i did was i actually convinced the ceo who was my ex-father-in-law uh and i convinced the shareholders and the board of directors to purchase this company it was a vendor um, and, uh, you know, basically what ha happened is they were, they were going to sell and, uh, I pitched it and the, you know, the board of directors like, well, what, how are we going to run it? It's like, I can run it. Like, I promise, <laughs> like I, I can, I can run it. You know, I basically had to make a presentation, uh, showing that, you know, I can, I, do, I know how to do CAD. I know how to do cam. I know how to run all the machines that were in there. And it, I already had a relationship with that shop. So I knew exactly what they were capable of. So yeah, I took over that shop. It was awesome. Uh, I started uh, improving the machines, so I would go looking for a laser cutter, and I, you know, I would go to fat shows like Fabtech and IMTS, which are amazing shows. Yeah. Everyone I've, I've seen, actually like, been to IMTS is the one in Chicago, correct? Well, that... they rotate around. Uh, okay. Yeah, Chicago um, and Fabtech is another one. It rotates between uh, McCormick okay. Center in Chicago and Atlanta. I, I, I've so, been to the one of the. I've been to one in the McCormick Center. It was. It was pretty awesome, and uh, although you know, I was told not to come back to, to Chicago by by a uh, somebody that wanted to shine my shoes, but I don't I don't think he had that authority to be honest. You never know, Jeremy. Um, but yeah, so I I did that for for about five six years. Um, that was awesome because uh, every year in January I would do a, I would uh, mentor a team of uh, first robotics students from neighboring high schools. So every January they're given, you know, a task that they, they have to complete. You know, they know they got to get balls in a in a shoot or you know whatever the task is for that year. There's a challenge, and they have eight weeks start to finish. Like design it, get the parts made, lock it and seal it. They can't make any changes after a given date. So it's kind of a cool experience for the kids because they're forced. To, it's kind of like real life. You got deadlines and things don't always go the way they you planned it and you. You know, you got to sometimes uh, get a little scrappy at the end and make it work. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it's, it's cool. But uh, it's definitely one of those things where it's not exactly fair because these kids had full right. range of 
the shop. Yeah. You know, so, not every so, school. So, gets so you're that. saying that you basically for five years you were helping these kids just just roll over all the other competition. Is that kind of yeah? Like... Yeah, it was awesome. They they would and I would I would invite them over. Uh, I would program all their parts uh, personally. I'd do all the cam for their parts just because I tried to minimize the amount that it would affect actual production. So right. I would I would do all the programming by myself. It's kind of like volunteer work, but you know I didn't want to interrupt the shop because we're giving these parts away for free. And so uh, I didn't want to upset any other customers, but I also know that, you know, it's like I got a customer that's not paying me, but it's still important. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, long long term, who who knows what's going to happen? You know, maybe one of these kids could be, uh, you know, your customer. Yeah. No, some of these kids are. Yeah. No, it's amazing how smart some of these kids are. I mean, they're three years old. You unlocking the iPhones and, you know, like I, I, it's it's nuts. It's, uh, you know, so. So that being said, it, it was you know it was good good while it lasted. In fact, that you were there last time we talked. But I guess what um what exactly happened there? You know, feel yeah, free to so, give as much or as little yeah, information no, it's, as you. Uh, it's fine. Uh, yeah. So I I met my ex wife in college, and that's who I moved down to uh, work for her father's company. I I worked directly for her father, and then uh, you know he he was the CEO. He wasn't the owner of the company. He just happened to be the CEO. Uh, so there oh, was a board okay. of directors that had to be, con- you know, it wasn't just him. I had to convince for the metal shop. It was, I had to convince them too. So, right. um, yeah, uh, we got divorced and it was just kind of awkward, you know? So, uh, I moved uh, on to a, a much bigger shop after that. Uh, so the shop I was running was, it was, uh, it was fairly small. And, uh, so, so just, just, I'm just curious here. So obviously you guys got divorced you said, how much longer did you work for the company after that? Was that pretty much immediately? Nope. It was, it was like a year of awkwardness. <laughs> wow. That had to be, uh, that had to be well, real awkward. It's not as bad as you'd think because uh, he didn't work in the same building. I was, I was running the shop. Okay. And I didn't, I talked to him once a month. I mean, it's not right. like as awkward as you would think it would be. It's not like I have to like see him every day, but it was still awkward. Yeah. But once a month I did talk to him. Like, uh, I don't think you're getting a very good raise this year, Anthony. Sorry. So, you know, performance is fine, <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> yeah, so it was kind of awkward because he, he, he knew that he, he kind of, you know, I was valuable to the company, obviously, but uh, it was uh, it just it was just awkward. So um, I went to a, I guess, a much bigger shop, and um, it worked out great. And uh, it... Uh, so we did we did what in one month what my old shop did in a whole year. So that's wow. how like that's how we put out in, in in one month more parts than the other shop in in an entire year. So it was a different experience for me, and it was a that's, great one too. That's amazing. And how because, long were you at this this company? It uh, only couldn't have been seven, that long. Right? No, seven. I was with that other company for seven months. Uh, this is it was called Decimal Engineering and. Okay. Uh, they're still a great company, and they're, I still have a good relationship with them. Um, Did you guys was fractional engineering your uh, big decimal? Rival? Decimal. Okay, you yeah, fractional. No, I don't. I that would that's a good one. Exactly. But I, no, I didn't think it was that good to be honest. But but thank you, I appreciate it. It's a, it, it's a dad joke. You have kids, yeah, right? I, I have kids. You, you know, you're allowed. Once you have you're kids, you learn. You learn that kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah, decimal engineering. Um, it was it was great because for the first time I was leading a team of engineers. At the other shop, I was out on my own. I mean, I had very skilled metal workers in the shop, like press brake operators and welders, and 
and other great guys I could lean on for ideas. But uh, this, I was in, a, in charge of a team of about nine engineers um, at the company I went to. So I was head of the engineering department directly under the president. And uh, it was pretty cool because the way I got that job was I just emailed the president on LinkedIn <laughs> and he knew who I was because we're local competition. I was like, hey, really? uh, yeah, I said, hey, I'm surprised, um, for I'm job. surprised. Was and it he... President Trump or President Biden that had heard, it, heard of you? <laughs> no, no the, the president of the of decimal engineering. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The uh, but it was it was uh, kind of cool. I just randomly messaged him and in another shop locally, and they both wanted me to get an interview immediately, and I got offered both positions immediately. High five. And I took uh, decimal engineering. Nice job. Was a, yeah. High five. <laughs> I t- I, yeah. So my, oh, it didn't my take me longer. <laughs> It uh, didn't take me long, but uh, I it really worked out. Um, I got remarried. Yeah, her, own, her father fractional owns engineering. <laughs> fractional, yeah, fractional yeah. engineering. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, but so she she was kind of uh, the reason I actually moved back because my ex did not like the Space Coast. She wanted to live in South Florida. She did not want to go back to NASA. And we had had this conversation. I was like, uh, maybe I want to go back one day. And she's like, no, I want to stay in South Florida. So. It, uh, uh, you know, my current wife is like, uh, what's holding you back? <laughs> you know, nothing, you're, nice. nothing's holding me back. So, uh, a blue origin had a, an open house, like a recruiting event in South Florida. And I was happy with my current job. I wasn't expecting it, but, uh, I, you know, I started looking more and more into the, the, the company and, uh, more and more into how the people that worked there felt like they liked it and uh i i felt like uh, the right thing to do so i just took my resume i updated it i i went to this uh recruiting event talked to a handful of managers there applied to a bunch of jobs and then that's when the the whole interview process started so nice well that's yeah, that's that's a that's a <laughs> that's a huge story that's yeah. that's quite a that's quite a story i mean do you do you regret any of it do you feel like it was all the i guess everything has gone as it should. I mean, I'm sure you weren't yeah, no. a couple of years ago. But, uh, honestly, you know. no, it, it's, uh, it, I couldn't have asked for a better situation that I'm in currently. Uh, they're paying me double. <laughs> that's one thing. Blue Origin that's, is that's their best in the industry with, uh, with pay. Uh, really? And you can look it up on Glassdoor, what the, you know, the public numbers are, but they're paying way more than NASA and SpaceX and uh, a lot of the others for, for most positions. Well, well, that's an interesting thing. I, I just had a question because you hear about, you know, at SpaceX, they really work their employees to the bone. And I guess for more money, you would almost expect they're even worse at Blue Origin. Is that is that the case or how, how is how's the work environment there? Uh, I mean, it's great. Um, the people that work over 40 hours are doing it because they like what they do. And hmm. that, that, that and it, when I find myself working over 40 hours, it's because I want to. It's not because so so I have for, to. 40 hours is a typical work week for you? It depends, but literally I could leave at 32 if I wanted. Nothing is stopping me from leaving at 32 and getting paid the same. But really? I stay later because I enjoy what I'm doing. Like I'm, I'm designing something. I can't wait to get my part back. I want to play with my part. You know, it's like the way the environment they created there is definitely one of uh, you want to be there. And that's, well, that's different. That's awesome. I, I guess, you know, yeah. we, we talked about that a little bit. I, I haven't forgotten, but it's, it's like, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It just seems like something that, you know, before I talked, we, you know, we talked to the Maker Fair and had a nice conversation, but mm-hmm. I was very su- surprised because I guess I thought, you know, a space program is pretty much like gung-ho, let's do it, let's work 80 hours a week, whatever. At least SpaceX, I don't know how 
NASA is, I think maybe somewhere in the middle. Yeah, NASA is not as not NASA is not as bad. I mean, NASA had a flex schedule. You could work your hours in three days if you wanted to, which I took advantage of. I, I worked all my hours, all my forty hours, Monday through Thursday, and Friday I could do whatever I wanted. But you've never. Oh yeah, you did work for NASA. I was back yeah. back in the day. Yeah, but I had an employee badge like everyone else, and uh, they had the same thing. You know, some of them had four day work weeks. Nice. Um, but uh, at Blue, it's like I said, uh, most of us work more than forty hours, but it's because we like genuinely, <laughs> it's cool. Like <laughs> we're like uh, putting together a rocket, so it's uh, it's it's definitely pretty interesting, and it's a different experience for me because everyone there is is happy you know everyone's paid what they feel like they deserve to be paid everyone is uh they're not micromanaged we have deadlines we expect you to meet them you're adult you can manage your schedule get the work done and if you're having trouble reach out to us you don't have any child laborers there (laughs) no so my boss is in kent which is near seattle i talk to my boss once a week for 30 minutes and I get my work done, you know, like I design the parts, I, I, I solve, tackle the problems that need to be tackled. And, um, okay. it's awesome. It's like, uh, it's yeah. And, and, uh, another thing I'm not really used to is, uh, not having a budgetary constraint. That's uh, nice. I have open reign of McMaster, Amazon, you name it, MSC, uh, a lot of, I, you know, obviously not crazy open range, but if I'm testing a concept, <laughs> I don't have to find the cheapest drill bushing. I don't have to find the cheapest drill bit. You know, right. historically, that's how I've had to think, you know, like, I'm, I've got to save 10 cents. No, speed is the king here. Speed right. is the king. We need to make rockets. I don't care if I'm paying $100 for a drill bit that I could have got $10 if I waited four weeks for it. You, but you know, I, you know I, Anthony, you know, if you guys had gotten Jeff Bezos to space one day earlier, <laughs> he would have been an astronaut. But uh, hopefully you won't won't listen to this podcast. I wish I was there uh, because every employee got $10,000 after he went to space. Really? Every single employee. That's pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not many companies can do that. Well, uh, well, listen, I think this is probably probably a pretty good time to take our coffee break where we kind of regroup on stuff and we'll uh, get back. But maybe when we get back, maybe we can talk about some of the awesome metal 3d printers you have access yeah. to and maybe uh you know maybe how the how the hurricanes have been treating you etc cetera, etc cetera. Yeah, so yeah. um cool anyway we'll uh we'll be right back okay hello everybody welcome to the coffee break uh, i'm here with jeremy and his battery is running low so we have to get through this before he uh he turns into a pumpkin all right so rapid fire pat i'm gonna go ahead and read off for type five ish patreons i'm gonna count um, them. first of all we've got carl carl thank you so much you know you said uh you said that you listened to the last podcast and you said some of the audio was a little off we understand but you said it nicely and i asked you so i appreciate the feedback michael sizer our patreon from canada we uh we appreciate you as well raptor creatively spelled we always cre- we always appreciate that you spell the a with a four it's great. Stuart Morrow, you know, standard spelling. We're just glad that at least one of one of, one of our patrons can spell his name correctly. That's awesome. And uh, also got Brian Moses, who also spells his name correctly, we think. And then we've got positive underscore waves, which which is spelled correctly if if you're if you're that guy. So 
So it thank looks you at all my so camera much. like I have a mark here, Jeremy, but it's it doesn't exist. It's just a shadow. It looks like you're bitten by a vampire or something. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there. So, all right. Well, you know, hopefully we'll be back uh, next time. But if Pat turns into vampire, yeah. then... Same bat I guess time, he may live forever. If, uh, same bat channel, Jeremy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but listen, these people supported us on Patreon. If somebody did want to support us on Patreon, where would they go, Pat? Uh-oh. It's, uh, I didn't open this beforehand to make sure I get it right. You go to patreon.com slash create invent all one word okay did i get that patreon.com slash create invent all one word all i one think you word. did get that correct all one word and we like if you share the podcast that's fantastic too because Sharing's then other good. people will listen to it sharing is caring also sharing uh, is caring. thumbs up liking subscribing etc etc however you listen and or view comment to tell us what a good or bad job that we're doing and jeremy audio sync is complicated right we've been having trouble with that with with riverside and just the way things go together and it's it's weird yeah but anyway my uh my camera says it's out of batteries so hopefully you can hear this and we will get you back to your show All right, I hopefully I recorded that. Yeah, I don't, we got I don't it. Know. And I'm hitting I guess stop I... so that we're safe here and <laughs>